Yeah, if you if yeah, make sure yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the I'm gonna send you the link when he posts it. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the side joint. Good morning to everybody. How you doing out there? Uh, this is your host, Dennis Holmes. I'm here with my co-host, Sharon Mullen. What's going on, Sharon? Hey, what's going on, Dennis? Everything is good here. How about how things where you are? Uh, it's sunny. It's not raining. Uh, the hurricane's not coming, so things are going pretty good. I'm here in Miami, if y'all don't know. All I'm right. It's really funny how we're both traveling because you're in Miami. I'm in the great city that you see behind me, Dayton, Ohio. So all good, but we're still going to do the side, John, though. We're still going to do it. Always, always. Um, so you're there for your birthday? Yes, I'm celebrating my birthday. Happy uh, birthday, Dennis. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, I decided to do something different for my birthday. You know, usually I, I do something real big for myself, but this time I said I wanted to um, take my family, you know, me and my daughter, our birthday about nine days apart. I'm August 12th, she August 21st. So That's dope. I took her, my niece, my nephew, my mom. It's all their first time coming to Florida, so they really enjoying themselves. As a matter of fact, right now they still sleep. Let's be honest. That's how, <laughs> that's how war out there is. Right now, they still sleep. you you wearing out your family. <laughs> yeah. It's hard keeping up with you, player. It's hard. I know. Hey, that's that's <laughs> Have you done anything for like the in Miami that you that you're doing for the first time? Any first? Um, no, not really. Not for the first time. What's been the highlight so far? Highlight for me so far in Miami um, is probably the beach. How surprised they was that they could, you know, see their feet on the water. How much fun they've been having. Um, Is the water blue there? Is the water really blue? Yeah, it's really blue. Cool. My my nephew, on the other hand, uh, he thought he could really swim, so he he tried to go out there with the big waves and almost got drowned and almost drowned. 
I couldn't stop laughing at that. That was that was hilarious. He, you know, he thought he was a big boy, but he wasn't ready. Yeah, but that that was that was pretty funny to me. Um, but other than that, it's been nothing but love, man. You know, the people around here, everybody's happy to be here. This nice family environment. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to sure. admit, I ain't seen nobody with no thongs on, you know. Oh, no thongs. Yeah, no thongs when I'm in Miami, you know. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, I go to a family amusement park. I see about five people like that. So I don't know. The trip ain't <laughs> over yet. I ain't seen nobody yet. That's all I'm going to say. You been to, uh, what's that place? What's the club, the stripper club? What's the name of the trip, stripper club down there? Uh, I ain't going to strip club this time. I ain't going. Y'all know strip club? Okay. Got the fam with you. You got to be low key, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah got All right, Miami. Huh? Is this your first time in Miami? No. Oh, okay. Right. Traveler. Okay. <laughs> Traveler. <laughs> you sound like my aunt. She, she was like, "Haven't you been to Florida a lot of times?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm here in Dayton, Ohio. Visiting my uncle, seeing some of my friends and so forth with my sister. We're here. Had I hadn't been back here since 2010. So it's been great to come back home. Home is always home, you know, even if you move away. Right. Mm-hmm. That is definitely that is always home. And you said you ain't been there about 10 years. So 10 years. It's been 10 years. And you know. Looking at the Dayton skyline behind me, it's changed a lot. We have more of a, def- we've always had a nice skyline, but I see a couple of buildings are not there that used to be. And we have a few new buildings downtown and they really are building up downtown, which is great. Uh, there's, a, there's a place downtown called the Arcade that had been closed for years and they've opened that back up. And so downtown is becoming more viable again so it's 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 cool it's good to be here i'm gonna do a lot more sightseeing today just really see the city today so um i'll get to see that before i get out of here that's that's great that's definitely great Mm -hmm. but we got to do this side john today got to do the side john yes we do i was not gonna i was not gonna miss the show (laughs) yeah um To me, now, the reason why I chose to come to Miami, this is more of a bucket list trip for me. I was like, you know, I'm always traveling and going places by myself, but this one, I was like, let me take the family with me. And, you know, the price that I spent was probably, you know, maybe, I'm going to say it was about $600 more than what I would have spent if I would have went to a hotel in Philadelphia. And, uh... Wow. Yeah. I stayed there, so mm-hmm. I just took I just took advantage of the opportunity. You know, I was just wanted to have some fun. Shout out to everybody that's watching. Shout out to June. You know what I mean? June's in the house. Shout out to uh, Ricky Bobby's in the house. Uh, shout out to my cousin Rob Rivers in the building. Corinthians Frazier. Thank y'all for waking up with us this morning. Elise Jeffers. Um. And Sheila Mullen. What's going on, Sheila? Sheila and Sharon is in the building. That's my sister. Now, uh, something we're supposed to be talking about. 
I don't think she's the top viewer. Miami. I forgot what else we was talking about. I ain't even gonna lie. Oh, well, hey, we're talking about um, since you, you're celebrating your birthday, we thought we would talk about some of the favorite birthdays you've ever had in your life that you can remember. You know, for me, birthdays are very important days. I take birthdays very seriously because I feel it's a time to celebrate me being here. God saw fit to create me. I am here and grateful and thankful to be here. So shoot, I'm gonna celebrate. In fact, I, it's been my it's been my practice to celebrate my birthday the entire month of June. I start June first. I go all the way till July twentieth. So it's the whole month of June plus twenty days into July. And the only reason why I stop at July twentieth is because that's my son's birthday. So from, from the 1st of June to his birthday, you know, I let him have his day. So I celebrate 19 days into June, into July, really, technically. And then on the 20th, we celebrate him. But yeah, it's 50 days of chocolate. That's what I call it. 50 okay. days. 50 days of the Every chocolate. year. Okay, that's nice. 50 days of chocolate. And you said your son's <laughs> birthday is July 20th? July 20th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was, he was almost a Leo. He was almost leaving. No, nah, we're both cancers. We're cancers. Yeah. Uh, sorry to yep. hear that. Sorry to no, hear that. Hey, hey. Ain't nothing wrong with Leo it. Leo gang in the building. What's going on, Leo gang? I see y'all. June in the building. <laughs> At least Jeffers Leo gang in the house. You know what I mean? Uh, what's yeah. up, Ed? Thank you for the happy birthday. Josh, thank you for the happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, June uh, Pierre. June knows what I'm talking about. He said he celebrates the whole month. Yep, the whole month. Yeah. I don't, I don't celebrate the whole month no more. I, like I tell everybody that got birthdays in August, there's only one holiday in August. It's August 12th. <laughs> really That's your birthday. About nothing else is going on with you. There's only one holiday in August. You can say what you want. You know, mm -hmm. you have your problems with it. There's only one holiday in August. Well, I'm here. One of the reasons I said I was visiting my uncle, his birthday was August 11th, the day before yours. Oh, okay. So that's why we're here this June week. Birthday too, August 12th. June birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Happy so June. happy birthday, June. But uh, yeah, I, that's birthdays are extremely important. So what's some of the best, what's the favorite birthday that you've ever had that you can think of? Is there one that sticks out more than all the rest? Um, it's, it's actually a couple. I've been blessed to have a lot of good birthdays. So like uh, one of the best birthdays I've ever had um, me and my cousin, we had a birthday in, in, in the back, you know, in the backyard of my grandma's house. And my aunt Wayne got this humongous cake. You know, this cake was crazy. And you know, mm -hmm. everybody in the neighborhood came by and it was it was packed. But the, on one side of the cake was like a Ferrari, a nice car. And on the other side of the cake was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that was, Get out. That's who I, yeah, that's who I like. I, it was Hulk Hogan on the other side of the cake. Get so out, like, are you serious? Who made that cake, man? I don't know. This had to be like 92, though. Wow. I can picture a Ferrari Hulk Hogan cake. Yeah. That and sounds really my, dope, though. My cousin's birthday is August 13th, so we would always celebrate birthdays together. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that where was, did you, that where, was where, where were you when you celebrated? Were you at, at her house, or where were you at? We was at my grandma's house. Grandma's house, okay. Yeah, we was at my mm -hmm. grandma's. You know, anytime you get to hang out at grandma's house for a birthday, that's always going to be fun anyway. 
Grandmas always know how to celebrate your birthday. House had, you know, all the girls on the block. You know, all, all the females oh. from my grandma's house. They was all those on the block. So, shout out to Sylvania Street. We used to have a, a real good time. A neighborhood. All right. Shout out to Jay Will. Jay Will is in the building. Oh, Jay, DJ Jay Will in the building. And DJ mm-hmm. June in the house. I forgot June was DJ June. DJs, man. You know, DJs are some of my favorite people. You want to tell everybody about that DJ show we're going to have coming up pretty soon? I'm telling June and I'm telling Jay Will right now, we're going to have a DJ show for y'all called Goddamn That DJ Made My Day. That's it. Stay stay tuned for that. Uh, I want y'all to stay tuned for that. We're going to have it called Goddamn That DJ Made My Day. Now, we're not going to tell you what we're going to do because we don't want, you know, we don't want no 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 imitators to to cop our idea, but that's the name of it. <laughs> Buck Flair in the building. Buck Flair, what's up? Yeah, that's gonna be hot. But yeah, birthdays, like I said, are very important, very special days. It used to be, I, for some reason, I always remember my ninth birthday. I think I told you about that when we were talking about it when I was nine years old. That was a really special birthday for me. Got a lot of nice things. I remember I got this pretty red dress that I really loved from my godmother at the time. I remember um, I got a few games and a few things. And, you know, it was a good day. Me and my sister got along that day. No arguments. (laughs) So it was a good day. But I have to say my favorite birthday, there's two that stick out in my mind. Um, my birthday in 2012, some very special friends of mine and my sister threw me a surprise birthday party. I had no clue. I was absolutely clueless. And I thought that nobody could ever surprise and fool me like that. You know, you know how I am. And yeah, they got me. And she had all my, all the people there that meant, you know, meant something to me. All my friends were there and and we just had a ball and I introduced my drink to everybody. I have a drink called Sharon's Elixir. It's a good drink, man. I just made it up. And so the bar that we were- I got a, I got a drink too. Mine's is you do? Yeah, oh, for real? Pieces, yeah. <laughs> we need to compare notes. But the way it happened, I just went into a bar and told the bartender, she was a friend of mine. I told her I love bourbon. She said, she, she said, what do you, what do you want to drink tonight? I said, I really don't know what I want to drink. And she said, well, what kind of, kind of alcohol do you like? I said, bourbon. I really love bourbon. She created a drink for me. And then she told me what was in it. So that was my drink. And she named it Sharon's Elixir. So I had that served up at my own surprise birthday party. It was dope. It was dope. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I have to tie that with I think it was 2016 birthday. So I told you I do the 50 days of chocolate, right? So I even had a flyer. I had a flyer that I put out and I told people what I was doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I had different little sections on the flyer. You can catch me here, 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 right? And I posted it all over Facebook. Hey, you know, come see the chocolate, the chocolate writer. That's that's my name, right? right. Do you know people showed up at every venue? Even random people I didn't even know. But what was the best part? 
was my friend, Keisha, flew in from New York wow. just for the night to spend my birthday evening with me. And she flew back out that next morning. Surprised me. I did not know she was doing it. I'm in the club. I'm sitting there because remember, I told everybody where I'm going to be, right? right? And here she comes walking up on me in the club. Oh my gosh. And I know my sister has something to do with that. So shout out to my sister, Sheila, because she made that happen too, along with the surprise birthday party. And I just, it, it was just one of the best birthdays ever. So I'd have to say those two, Ty. Mm -hmm. I think if I was to pick another birthday, um, it'll, it'll probably be when I turned 21. We, we used to go to the club a lot. You know, I was, I was a big club guy. So mm -hmm. uh, we went to this one I can't club. picture that. I can't picture you in the club. You know, I'm kidding about that. So, so we go to the club. Name of the club is called Chrome. We get there, and right before we walk in, you know, we get, you know, we always got a pregame a bottle of liquor. So they, you know, I think somebody dared me, like, man, you ain't gonna finish that bottle. So I finish the bottle. I walk in, I'm cool. You know, I'm talking to a couple ladies, everything going by smooth. Some reason, somebody stopped talking to me. I end up standing right next to the speaker and going right to sleep. I don't know how. Get out. Right next to the speakers, I go right to sleep. And, and I'm over there. You go I'm to sleep out. in the club next to a speaker. Next to a speaker. I'm knocked out. They're trying to wake me up. It ain't working. You know, <laughs> the, the bouncers, they already knew me. They came and gave me some water. Like, yo, yo, you gotta stay woke. I'm like, yeah, yeah what up? I'm going right back to sleep. <laughs> so I finally, after all that, I finally wake up from that power nap, I would call it. When I woke up, there's five minutes left in the club. I, I try to go dance with this girl the last five minutes. I hear the DJ say, last song, yo, last song. I said, what? I didn't slept that long. <laughs> then he just said, last song. Like, damn. Mm -mm. I couldn't do nothing but laugh. I was like, yo, this this is too funny. I don't fall asleep that long. Yeah, How in the world do you fall asleep in the club? I can't fall asleep in a club. How does that happen? I, I was a workaholic back then. So I remember I, I just got off work and went, got drunk. Because I, I think I used to have Fridays and Saturdays off. But that particular Friday, I was working. So mm -hmm. I had went from the club back home got dressed i mean went from work went back home got dressed then went to the club that's I, well i was tired as hell i see people in the comments said don't feel bad then it's they've done the same things though i just don't get i there's no way well first of all i don't get drunk i will get tipsy but drunk i'm just not gonna do and second if your DJ is good, you're not falling asleep. So I don't know what DJ that was. I hope you didn't go no, see him no more. Cause DJ, I don't want to embarrass DJ. Him to do the DJ. Okay, I but I don't see how you sleep when you got a good DJ, man. No, it had to do with do I'm with on the, the flow. Uh, work schedule and that liquor. They oh, that was a bad out. combination. Yeah, it, took me out. <laughs> it took me out. You were down for the count. I was done. Did your night end well that night? 
Oh, yeah, I had a good night that night. <laughs> I bet you did. I, I, had a, I had a damn good night. I had, I had a good night that night. Anybody interesting? Anybody interesting stick out in your mind? Or, no, or you don't want to talk about that? Okay, so so Josh Bailey said I be cutting up in the club. Yes, I do. I don't stay off the dance floor. I'm cutting up in the club. I mean, that's what you're there for, right? But I will say, I will say this though, Dennis, it's been hard in the 2000s to go to the club because now all people want to do is stand around. You should see it. It's, I, I don't know if that's happening in Philly, but here you see, du- you, you see dudes standing in the middle of the dance floor, just standing. Yeah, it was then I start seeing dudes bopping and dancing with each other. And I'm like, where did they do that at? When did it start? Um, this, this, no, it's been like this since I've been... Uh... See, I kind of started young, so it was like, um, I started with like house parties and stuff like that, and then, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I grabbed now, then, you know, in, in Philadelphia, we got a, we had a skating ring in Northeast Philadelphia, um, mm-hmm. it started off as called USA Skating, then it turned into, it was called WOW, and, WOW, WOW, yeah, that was the name of the okay. skating, it was called WOW, but it would turn into like a kitty little after club around like 10 o'clock mm-hmm. so in the middle where people usually you know just uh dance and everything or where birthday parties usually be at that'd be like the little club area and they'll cut the lights down and the dj be up top and he'll play the music so that was that was one of the spots i started going to then we was going to this other club where they they, they couldn't think of a name of it so they gave it the name of the address they called it 923 you know we had a club like that Right. It was a it was a fifty eight fifty, it was the name it was the address fifty eight fifty. Right, it was called nine two three. This mm-hmm. joint was in like a back alley, you know. Uh, security, they they thought they was the, you know they thought there was a real police. You know what I mean for real? Like it, it was it was crazy. Um, and if you was if you looked what? like you was older than fifteen, what? you could go upstairs. But if you didn't look like you was older than fifteen. You had to stay downstairs. Now, the ruckus that went on upstairs compared to downstairs is totally different. I bet. I bet. That was totally different. That that whole uh, females twerking in the club with with no drawers on. Nine two three was famous for that. I'm gonna have to give them. They was they was famous for twerking in the club with no drawers on. Um, and then yeah, after, my... after nine two three, we we went to Chrome. And we went to Chrome and I feel What's like, Chrome like? What's Chrome like? Just Chrome, wide open? Uh, the, one of the best things about Chrome, it was wide open. The upstairs looked like a dog fighting ring if you didn't pay attention to it. It looked like a dog fighting ring mm. with, with three bars around it. That's For real? Like. Yeah, like a dog wow. fighting ring with three bars around it. The, <laughs> now, the outside was a big open deck. Mm-hmm. That's what the outside. Outside was a big open deck. And it was it was a real nice deck too. And it had a swimming pool out there. And um they had this little room where they played reggae music at. And I mean it was like a little room, like you know what I mean? Like like a hotel room, little room. 
Tabby said, Tabby Thomas said Chrome was a classic. That's Vi. My name's Tavai. I always I Oh Tavai. I'm sorry, Tabby. Tavai. Yeah. And and that's Tavai. and I, I fell in love with it when I got there. And um that and that line used to be like around the corner. <laughs> and it'd be cold as hell outside. Now it's a casino across mm-hmm. the street from it. Now so well, see, back in the day, we, we had a place called a bus stop. My sister put that in the comments, and you skate on one side and dance on the other. So if you like to skate and dance, you can go to both. You can go skate on one side and go dance on the other. It was huge. Everybody was there. Everybody that was anybody would go to the bus stop. It was see, good. I was, I was famous for whatever, whatever I paid to get in this club place, bar, whatever we was at. That's how many girls I was dancing with. That's how many numbers I was trying to get. Oh, Lord. My homies, my homies were I laughing can see me you. Every time. They were laughing me every I time. I can see you. And I'll be like, I'll be like, yo, this joint was 20 hours to get in? Oh, no. Nah, nah, that was too many. We got to dance tonight. I'm going to see y'all later. <laughs> like, so I'll be like, I'll see y'all later. Well, what was your but pickup I, line? You, did you have some pickup lines? No. To get them numbers? No, I ain't had no pickup line. No pickup line? I ain't have to say much. This is loud. All that music. What you gonna say? <laughs> you get numbers. How you gonna get numbers? You can't hear the number. Just give it a phone. Oh, okay. See, that's that shows the age difference. See, because when I was doing all that, it wasn't no phone. We didn't have no cell phone. Right, you had to write it down. You had to write it on something. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the nineties, we had pagers. What's your pager number? We still had to tell them your pager number so you could page from your number, <laughs> from your pager. We had to get the pager number. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I just go, just give them the phone. Here you go. Oh, was, to y'all young folks out there that don't know what a pager is, Google a pager. Pager, uh, we, pager was a cell phone before the cell phone. Yeah, we had pagers. There was some people Man. out there that used to, they didn't even have a house phone. They used to give out the payphone number. That was on the on the uh, oh, on the block, the, yeah. Because yeah. they because there were payphones everywhere, yeah. everywhere. You couldn't go nowhere and not see a payphone. Now you see a payphone. Now you want to stop and take a selfie with it, because you're not gonna believe people are not gonna believe you saw a payphone. That's how rare they are. It's like a tourist attraction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But anyway, but I, I I mentioned pickup lines. So, you know, you know, I'm in the media, right? Right. So in the media, you go places to work on a story. You always got to think of what I call pickup lines. These are not pickup lines like you're trying to get a date, but these are lines that get you the interview. Right. Seriously. So if I'm going to a place and I'm networking. I have certain things that I say to people when I meet them and it can turn into getting an interview, right? So like you're you're at a bar or you're at a meetup or some type of networking event, usually they have you put a name tag on. So instead of the boring, my name is Sharon Mullen, I always put chocolate writer. I put the chocolate writer on it. Why? Because that's a conversation piece. 
that draws them in because they're going to ask me, what does chocolate writer mean? Who is, what's chocolate writer? What is that? That's your name? What, what is that? And then I start telling them what I do. Next thing you know, I've got an interview schedule, right? But speaking of uh, uh, interviews, there are certain people that I've always wanted to interview. I know you, you've been new to the media business and you're doing quite well going to going places like the Allen Iverson classic, doing interviews with people that you see. You're interviewing the 30 teams in 30 days for the NFL, uh, for Ignorant Thinkers podcast. But do you have people in your mind that you always wanted to interview? Who's the top three people you've always wanted to interview that's no longer living? Not alive, people that have passed on some great people. Do you have anybody in mind that you would love to do an interview with? Um, first and foremost, Reggie White would be number one. That'd be number one on my list, Reggie White. Um, you mean the NFL great? Yeah, NFL great, the legend. Uh, the, the legend. Dude, the minister of defense. Defensive, yeah. defensive lineman. Wasn't he a def defensive lineman or was he an end? Was he an end or was he... End. And right, yeah. mm -hmm. Reggie White. That, that'd be the first person I, I I would love to interview. Why would he be the first person, the first one? Well, he was one of the ones I actually idolized when I was watching football. I actually wanted to be him, so um, that that'd be the first. What's something you remember about Reggie White that you always loved? Uh, one of the things that I always remembered about Reggie White was um, I'm going to have to say uh, the way he could take over football games, you know, without, you know, it, it was like he could take over football game and he made sure that he used to just like throw offensive linemen around. Like it would literally mm -hmm. look like he was just like tossing them with one hand. And I was like, right. how, how is he doing this? Like, you know, and me and my uncle, we would sit there and we would talk about I was like, I don't know how he does it. Then, you know, come to find out there was a movie he had called The Club Arm, where he would just, he would get underneath the arm and he would club them. Mm -hmm. And with their momentum, they would fly over because they were trying to keep up with him. That's how fast he was. So, so he had a, it was a technique to it. It wasn't by chance. He actually was, a, it was an actual strategy behind it. Yeah, it was actually a strategy, yeah. That's that was cool. actual, that was one of his moves. It was called the club arm. One of the and things I, I always liked about him was that he would, after he would knock the crap out of the player, he would put his hand out and help him up yeah. and say, God yeah. bless you to him or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Michael, when I found that out, I thought that was really cool. Michael Irvin yeah. had one of the funniest stories I ever heard uh, about Reggie White. He said, he said, man, we was playing Green Bay. He said, man, I was cussing and cussing. And and Reggie was like, Mike, it was like, what, what, what you want? He was like, God bless you, because I couldn't say nothing else. Like that. It was like, what? <laughs> yeah, when you throw God up in your face and you cussing, right. it'll make right. you stop dead in your tracks. It'll make that all of that stop. Well, I tell you, one of the, one of the top three people no longer living that I would interview would it would have to be Maya. Angelo, mm. I, I really want to interview her. 
I um, loved her. I just, I followed her. I've read almost everything she's written. I loved her writings, her poetry, her speeches, her television appearances, her movies, everything. I just, I just thought she was an incredible woman. And um, she's a phenomenal woman. Yeah, she was, she was phenomenal, just like her poem. And I just really would love to just sit and talk to her for hours about life. Um, so yeah, she'd be, she'd be one of the top three. I'm gonna think of my second one will be Robin Harris. The comedian. The comedian Robin Harris from Baby's yeah. Kids. Yeah. For people who don't know from Baby's Kids. Um, Robin Harris, uh, I'll, I just always wanted to, you know, wanted to know how did he get a stage presence like that? It just take mm -hmm. over the, like the whole show. Yeah. You know, it was at one point that I didn't even know what he looked like when I was growing up because I just used to listen to him in the car on my, on, on my way to go to work with my dad. So mm -hmm. I didn't know what he looked like, but I know I used to be laughing at all his jokes. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't understand how am I laughing at a guy that I don't even see making these jokes. Then when I finally seen him, and you know, then it was even funnier. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I used to just laugh with this guy just by listening to him. That was the kind of, you know, command that he had on stage and presence and that he was funny, not only audio, but he was also funny when you see him in person too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people ain't got it like that. In the comments, in the in the uh, in the comments, Joshua Bailey said he he liked to interview Jesus, and I'm telling you, it would be difficult for me to interview Jesus because he would already know what I'm going to say before I say it because he knows everything, and I just I don't know. I would kind of be afraid to interview Jesus because I would have to ask him all the ministry, all the mysteries of the of of the world. I would ask him what the truth is, and I may not be ready for the truth. You know what I mean? I mean, if you had a chance to interview Jesus, wouldn't you ask him what really happened to this or what really happened to that? Who really killed this person? What happened there? I mean, you would really want to ask those type of questions because it's Jesus. He's all knowing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Would you be ready to hear the answer, really? I don't know. I don't know. It would be nice to interview Jesus, though, but I don't, I don't know. That's a little scary for me. Okay. That's a little scary. I would interview one another person. My second person would actually be my my mother's father, my grandfather. And I was young when he passed away. I was like seven or eight years old. So and I adored him, right? But there, and I, I remember the stories that he, they told about his childhood and how they grew up on the farm and all that stuff. But I would want more detail, even more details on some things and how he grew up. He died in 74. And when he died in 74, he was in his 60s. When he in his 60s? He was in his 60s. So, if he died in 74 and he was in his 60s, that means he was alive in the early 1900s. And I just want to talk to him about 
what happened? What what was going on back then? What was life like for a black farmer in Virginia? Oh my. I'm sure he, he has some stories that, I, that I've never heard before that I would love to hear. So my grandfather would be the second one. <laughs> Just ignore Josh. I'm not even going to read that. <laughs> Stop. No. Not That's even gonna read it. Jay will too, though. Jay will won't say shit. I know it. Talking about OJ did it. He'll tell Jesus will tell you OJ did it. That's what he said, y'all. Jay will said that Jesus yeah. would tell you OJ did it. If you if y'all don't, so. don't know Jay will, if you go look on his Facebook page, you'll understand why he said that. Well, mm -hmm. if he will find some of the craziest stuff to post on his Facebook page. Yes. Look, he made me have to ask him, where do you get these things from? Yeah. I just don't even understand. I think he I think he in a group called You Ain't Been to Facebook Jail Yet. Watch this. <laughs> oh, for it probably. It right. probably is true. But yeah, you got a third one? Uh my third person that I would uh want to interview for me it would probably be Biggie Smalls. The notorious. Oh Peter. yeah. The notorious. The notorious. Notorious. Mm hmm Yeah. And I, I probably ask him, uh, I probably ask him other questions like was was he really gonna leave Bad Boy? Um how come he didn't put enough effort in trying to squash the beef for him and Tupac? Mm -hmm. um, it's probably a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would I would ask him why couldn't you stay faithful to faith? <laughs> it don't look like nobody can stay faithful to faith. Um, I, don't, just, I just wanna know why he couldn't. Well, he was in love with Lil' Kim. I was just wondering why he just I just don't understand he, that. And why you just be with Lil' Kim. Because mm. he made her a star. Yeah, he did. Well, he, he gave her her start. But she can rap. She was yeah. she was made to be a rap star. She really was. She's still the baddest female rapper to me. Well, MC Light. I don't know. I just still love MC Light, but she is bad. She is bad. She is bad. We have so many others. It was hard. To, it's hard to pick number three. But if I had to think of somebody, I would probably want to interview. Uh, I, this is going to sound so cheesy and typical, but I would want to interview Nelson Mandela. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah, here's why. Um, you know, there's a lot of hate back and forth between Black Africans and Black Americans, right? You know about that, right? And how we over here always say that Africans don't love us, that they don't like us. They think they're better than us, they right? And I've experienced it. I've experienced that. But let me tell you what happened in the 80s. In the 80s, when I was in college and apartheid was going down <clears throat> and he was in prison over in South Africa, us black American young folks in college, we were over here protesting and fighting against apartheid. 
we are the ones that put pressure on the big American manufacturers and big conglomerates and big companies to divest and boycott South America. We did that. We protested in the street. We boycotted their products that they sold. We did this, was, this was our movement. And so when our apartheid finally, listen, we were so serious. We got Coca-Cola, the last American company who refused to divest is from South Africa. We finally made them, made them because we stopped drinking their products, period. All of them, all Coke products. And um, <clears throat> when we did that, they finally changed their mind and they divested from South Africa. And after Coca-Cola did that, finally apartheid ended up ending after that. We did that. And so the reason why I want to interview Nelson Mandela, I wanna first ask him, just, did he really realize what we did and what the power of Black Americans um, had over what happened in South of South Africa? Does he realize we did that? And I really want to know. So, I mean, they can sit over there and say whatever they want to say. They would still have our apartheid, our apartheid if we didn't. Uh, protest over here and take action the way we did. So that's the militant sharing coming out because I'm telling you, I was all up in that movement, all up in it. From Michigan to Washington, D.C., we were not playing. Yeah, y'all did a good job. Hey, we ended it. Definitely did a good job. Remember, we, we boycotted um, any entertainers, any entertainers that would go perform in South Africa. When they came to America, anywhere in America, we stopped going, we stopped buying their tickets. We stopped buying their music. That's because y'all had a real boycott back then. Oh, it like was now, serious. Like nowadays, we don't have a real boycott nowadays. Like, like you know, H&M did that thing when he had uh, the young boy that had the hoodie on. Uh, right. I made a t-shirt said the coolest monkey in the jungle. People still buying H&M. Of course. H&M right now should be out of business. Just like, uh, you know, the rest of them stores, like Strawbridges and the rest of them stores. Right. Amber Crombie and Fitch. Fitch. Right. Bye. If that was in the 80s, they wouldn't be around anymore. Sure wouldn't. Because that was a real protest. Now, now they got this thing called the cancel culture. You only, and as T Pain would say, you only cancel for about three days. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you come back. Jay Will said, "My new name is Sister Soldier." Nah, I can't compare to Sister Soldier. That's that chick right there. She the real deal. She the real deal. Yeah, Josh. Josh Bailey is crazy. It's also, he wanted to interview Shaka Zulu. <laughs> Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey is crazy. Right. Now, out of all these people that you you know you want to interview and things like that, um, I, the one thing I always wanted to know oh, about because a lot of people that I want to interview is like 
childhood people that I, you know, I seen and I kind of idolized as a child. Like if I wanted to be a comedian, the comedian I wanted to be was Robin Harris. And if right. I wanted to be a, a rapper, the rapper I wanted to be was Biggie Smalls. And I wanted to be a football player. The football player I wanted to be was Reggie White, you know. Right. That was that was me. But but um mm -hmm. since we were talking about there's anybody alive right now that you like them? Just like one person. Um, again, this is going to sound cheesy, but I want to interview Barack Obama. I don't want to interview him and talk about the typical things either. I want to talk to Barack Obama, the black man, and get his view of the world from the perspective of a black man who happened to also be a former president. Okay. Um, so some of the questions I would ask him, I don't believe he's been asked before. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think if I was to interview somebody right now, I, I think my interview would probably be with uh, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, I would love that. What kind of things would you ask him? I would I would probably ask him. The well, number one thing I would ask him is what made him go back to ESPN after he got fired. Yeah, that's a good question. That's that's like the number one thing I would ask. Mm-hmm. And uh, being an affiliate of Philadelphia Media, how did how did you and Al Iverson become so close to, to the point y'all like brothers? Mm -hmm. And you supposed to be the enemy. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I want to know. But he's he's supposed to be the enemy. He's the media. He's supposed to be the enemy. But him and, the, and the, one of the biggest superstars and and, uh, and basketball mm -hmm. is you know, best friends. Best friends. They they still they're still tight today. Yeah, they still are. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk to Stephen A. Smith. This is about his his whole journalism career, and I would want to get his response to all the black people who believe that he's a sellout. I just, I want him to articulate his response clearly, once and for all, to all those people all those black people who call him a sellout and the Uncle Tom and all the stuff they call him. I just want him to get it off his chest and respond because I'm sure he will break it down and articulate it very, very entertainingly. And the crazy thing is I want to hear about his stories with, uh, when he was on the radio. Because mm -hmm. he was, I, I, I wanted, I think it was on <laughs> either he was on Hot 97 or he was on Power, uh, I think it was Power 98 and uh, Power, uh, Power something, Hot 97 or Power 93 in New York. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on uh -huh. that Power. But uh -huh. he, he was on one or the other. And he actually got the last interview with, uh, Rick James. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna have to find that because I swear I've never heard that interview. Yeah, there's a radio interview. Right. So I'm gonna have to find that. I'm sure yeah. I can find it and listen to it. But Stephen A. Smith, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. But you, you, you know, I might have to move him up in that top three. Well, he's not dead. No, he did. Okay. Living. Okay, living. Yeah. But Barack mm -hmm. Obama was a good one. Yeah, I really would. I would love to just sit and talk to him, ask him all kind of questions about his presidency. But I mainly ask him, like I said, his perspective just as a black man. Just how do you see this right here? How do you see this subject? What do you really think about the school to prison pipeline? I really want to know what he thinks. I don't want the politically correct answer. I just want to know what Barack thinks. Not former president Barack Obama. Well, we do have, uh, you know, since the Olympics was around and, you know, you've been watching all these other sports that's not like the top five, you know, majors, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm talking about like hockey, uh, soccer, American football, the NFL, and uh, basketball, and baseball. Mm -hmm. But besides those five, what is another sport that you would like to, you know, play? It had to be tennis. I've always been fascinated by tennis. I played tennis some when I was young, younger. I took tennis class in college <clears throat> and I had gotten to be pretty good. You know, I could hold my own. I'm not saying I could win any championships or anything, but <clears throat> excuse me. But um tennis, it would be tennis. One would be tennis. I think that would be the first one. I was already a good bowler, so I guess tennis would be it. Yeah, I'm pretty good at bowling. I'm but I'm I'm kind of the worst in my family. Uh, compared to my sister, my brother, they, I know well, my sister, my dad, sister, mm -hmm. my dad, they, they beat me all the time. Mm -hmm. Like in order for me to beat them, I got to get them on the first game. Cause they rusty. So I got to get them on the first game. That's, that's how I beat them. That's it. At the first mm -hmm. game, they were warmed up. But besides that, I would probably try to, the Jamaican bobsledding. I'd be on the bobsledding team. Whoa. What? <laughs> I'll be on the bobsled team. That looked fun. You know, you, you know, you gotta push that thing, go flying, then you gotta jump in it, you know. Yeah. You gotta run and jump in it. And I think if I was to try another one, it probably would be golf. Well, that's my second one. Cause you that's know, I, I've told you before. You, you a golfer though, that's your thing. Yeah, I told you before, my yeah. sister and I, we, we've won trophies. Right. <laughs> So yeah, John, I, yeah, I could do some golf. I want to return to golf, but let me tell you about this golf thing. You know, with women, we have certain parts of our bodies that can get in the way of swinging a golf club, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to have to figure a way, figure out a way <laughs> that, you know, I can return to playing golf <laughs> yeah maybe you gotta watch i'm gonna leave it at, i'm gonna leave it at that 
Maybe you got to widen your stance a little more, you know. No, it ain't about the stance. Because, see, you have to hold the club a certain way yeah, so, that you can hit it, so that you can hit it straight. And when you take your swing, there can't be anything impeding your swing. If anything impedes your swing just this much, it changes the whole trajectory of the ball. So, yeah, that's my dilemma. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, Josh said he was going to do badminton. Uh, Vi <laughs> said she was going to do volleyball. Josh said, Josh said tennis is hard. Tennis is, tennis is not that hard, but I'll tell you one thing it is. You have to be constantly moving. Constantly. You don't move mm -hmm. until somebody gets out. I remember that time I got drunk, I was playing tennis on the Wii. Man, that was an experience of a lifetime. Not with us, not team um Wii tennis. Wii tennis. Wii tennis. <laughs> tennis on the Wii. Anybody ever played tennis on the Wii, they know what I mean. You, you really be into it. I forgot all about the Wii. You know, for a while, everybody was talking about Wii. Then all of a sudden, you didn't hear nothing about it. Yeah, usually that's usually how things is. They usually fly in and fly out. Mm-hmm. That's usually exactly how things is. They fly in and fly right out. So, but, would you want to would you want to try any other sport? Bobsledding and golf, huh? Bobsledding and golf. I already do. I already do bowling. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that icing. That look like. That look like uh, scrubbing floors. I think I'm cool with that. <laughs> curling. That's curling. <laughs> curling. What about uh, synchronized swimming? <laughs> synchronized swimming. <laughs> Water polo. Water polo. Mm -mm. No. I will tell you, I wouldn't mind doing um, the regular polo on a horse, but that's kind of hard. You got to control a horse and hit a ball. Right. Mm, you have to really be coordinated to do that. Yeah, I, ain't built, I ain't built like that. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. All right, so. Oh, my sister got a C in college tennis. A C? How you get a C in tennis? Come on now. Come yeah. on, Sheila. This last one you asked if you if you get famous. If you give famous, how would you give back to your community? And what is one of the things that you would splurge on? Hmm. I think one of the things I splurge on, I probably uh I'd probably be part owner in a, in a cruise ship. That's one of the things I think I splurge on. Would you invest in a cruise ship or would you start your own cruise line? I think I'll invest in a cruise ship. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'll invest. I think I'll try to, I'll try to be a part owner. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, well, first you said, what types of things would I do for the community? Well, I have like six different nonprofit 
ideas in my brain anyway, right? I, I'm, I'm passionate about old people. I'm passionate about children. Right. I just see so much need in the community. I can't just pick one thing. So what I will say is I would probably start all six of those nonprofits that I have floating around in my head. One is to help, help okay. one is to help old, you know, old people. When you get old, you can get over over a certain age. There's a lot of older people who don't have anybody to help them do things. Their children may live like out of state or they may not have any children. They may not have anybody to come look after them. So I wanted to start a nonprofit and whose only goal and mission is to serve the elderly, serve people 65 and older or something in that capacity. For instance, you know, I'm in, I'm in insurance. So these old people call all the time about their insurance policies. They can barely, stop, barely talk. They can barely read the policy number. Why? Because they're elderly. They're 80 something years old. And they're trying to talk about insurance. And if they had someone there, an advocate for them, who could sit with them and go over their policy, call for them, ask the questions that they want to ask, that's a great help. That's a great help. I, I just remember before my, my parents passed, my sister and I did all the time, we would make calls for them and follow up on this account or that account for them. What if I could have a nonprofit where you can actually sign your relative up or your mom or dad or somebody up for this type of service to help them? Well, the crazy thing is a lot of them elderly people, they, first of all, they don't trust nobody. That's the they, don't. they don't. They don't. And number two, you got some of them that ain't got nobody. That's what I'm saying. They can sign themselves up. That's what I'm saying. That's what the nonprofit would be there for. But I'm, I, I do understand what you mean. There are a lot of older people who won't let go, who refuse to allow anybody to do things for them. That's true. But I believe that there are a lot more older people who would accept the help if they had it. I really believe that. And I talk to some of them every day. But it teaches you to... It teaches you to be patient with them on the phone because you know they're trying and you know they're older. So you just have to be patient. So, I mean, that's that's one. I also have an idea for a nonprofit for black males age 19 to 30. They have to be in that age range. And my idea is to help those who have not really found their direction yet. They're slipping through the cracks. After high school, they didn't go to the military. They didn't go to college. They haven't really found out what they wanna make their life work, life's work be. Just to help them, like provide mentorship or any type of training or any, just, just to be, just to offer other men in their lives that they've never had any. That type of nonprofit, that's another idea I have. I have another one to help teachers. Why teachers? Because they're some of the most disrespected people on earth as a, as a profession. They don't get paid enough. They're putting their own money into their classrooms. Where are they supposed to get the money from and live? They already don't make that much money, but then they're 
taking their own money to buy supplies for their classroom in a school system that should be providing it. Right. To start a nonprofit profit to support the teachers, not the school system, not even the students. I want to support the educators that's doing this work because they need it. They need mental health help because these students nowadays, since they took prayer and corporal punishment out of school, these kids are horrible. I must say they was horrible when I was Yeah, that's but you see how long ago they took it out of school. It was before you even got there. Right. And that's when school just went to hell, in my opinion. So uh I'm just saying I, I would do that. I would start a nonprofit to support the teachers. Teachers need vacation so they can de decompress. This nonprofit, as I envision it, will have a vacation fund, a vacation arm of the nonprofit, seriously, for teachers to be able to take a vacation, take a break. I don't care if it was just two or three days over a weekend to get away, no cost to them. Sometimes, sometimes I'm, you know me, I vacation a lot, but sometimes <laughs> I really do believe you got to get away you know, see something different. And that's my whole yes. thing. You need to see something different. Yeah. Because if all you see is this and and where this is, you have a lack of hope, then you be start to feel hopeless. We don't want people, we definitely don't want our teachers feeling hopeless. Because no. it, 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 yeah, it, it, it gets passed down to the students and, and we don't want that. They're responsible for our most precious gifts on earth, our children. And you can't be a great teacher if you are, um, are suffering from mental health issues, stress issues, anger issues, all these issues that they can't do things about. No, they need support. So that's that's another nonprofit. Like I said, I have six, six or seven of them that I would start. Yeah. Um, what what else would you do for the community? Yeah, my my thing is to try to help the youth. Uh, I would try to help the youth as much as possible. But mm -hmm. if you're gonna help the youth, you gotta help the parents too. So mm -hmm. you know, that I, I know when I was growing up, it used to be uh, a lot of help out there for parents. You know, like uh, they. They couldn't get what they need. They go to these programs to go get what they need or whatever. A lot of those programs ain't funded no more by the government. So I would try to see if I could, you know, open some of those back up. Um, just to, you know, just to help those parents out that need help. Right. And, and a lot of parents, because a like lot those, of young like, parents, especially. Yeah, like them, them after school programs and stuff like that. Like, oh, don't get me wrong, it's, it's CCIS out there. I don't know what y'all talking about. There's, there's government funding out there for after school programs and stuff, but not everybody qualifies for it. Mm -hmm. You're right. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking maybe I'll start an after school program and a, mm -hmm. uh, a summer program. Right. That, that'll help I, the kids out. I would, it, uh, and you could include on that, Dennis, track out, because you know there's, there's year round schools and they right. need track out. 
services like after school in summer they need track out services because their schedule is not the it. same as as traditional I, and i would try to get it to where as though the kids will get a stipend i won't say they get paid but they'll receive mm -hmm. a stipend that'd be cool yeah so that way they can you know the kids can come in and they can help you know you know clean the community get paid mm -hmm. for it you know, they'll, they'll have a good time. Now they got some money in their pocket. They feel different about certain things. Yeah, I also have a, I have an idea of a nonprofit whose job is to assist nonprofits. It's, it, it's, it's really a good idea. And, and all, all this nonprofit would do is assist other nonprofits. <clears throat> assist them with like business development, assist them with structure, making sure their taxes are in order so they won't lose their 501c3 all of that that's what we would do y'all listening to the side john all the way from miami and dayton ohio that's what we doing baby that's what we do i'm sitting here thinking about what else i would do for the community because that you know, that one you was talking about with the guys that's like 18 to 30, they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. To me, if they just extended Job Corps another six years and put mm -hmm. you know some mentors in there to help those kids out, that's kind of what you asking for, to be honest with you. It really is. It's um, like Job Corps or just like, you know, with a, with a mentorship program. Yeah, and in, in all these years, they have never done that. And that's the reason why I would start my own. Because I, I mean, I support Job Corps, but it's more than just job uh, skills. It's more than that. It's like, okay, young man, 27 years old, has never held down a job more than six months, doesn't really know what he wants to do, doesn't really know what it means to even be a man because he never had a father in his life or uncles or cousins or any male role model. He's kind of out here lost. What does he do? Where, I mean, where does he, where is there a place for him? There's plenty of programs for high school young men. There's plenty of programs for young men 18, 22 who are enrolled in college. There's plenty, I've seen them. There's plenty of funding out there, programs for them. But what about those that are not enrolled in college. They're not an athlete with a scholarship somewhere. I mean, they're just not. What kind of help can they get? I've found nothing. I haven't found anything. Because Job Corps only looks at job skills and certain specific things. I'm talking about the whole person mental physical spiritual education all of that financial i'm i'm just i don't i don't believe that job corps has a financial literacy program i believe that that's what they need they need to understand what money is how money works that type of thing they're not going to get that just on the street they need assistance with that. Yeah. 
and I feel I feel like they're like a loss. They're a lost segment of the population. Because like and, uh, I said, there's plenty of programs all the way up through high school for young men. You can find them on in every city. But after they hit 19, they're too old. They're too old for the youth programs. And then they're not in college. So they're, they don't get assistance with the college programs because they're not in college. Then they haven't started, they're not in IT. They're not in this industry, that industry. So they're not getting any help from the programs that's fo focused on STEM. And you know, you get all these programs now, everybody wants to do STEM. So everybody's starting all these nonprofits focusing on STEM. What if they're not in STEM? What if they want to major in sports management? What if they want to go in that industry? Who's going to look out for him? Nobody. There needs to be a program for that. Someone needs to look at this particular specific segment of the population. And the reason why I am so focused on that is because I know someone personally who falls within this segment that needs this type of help. There's nothing out there. Nothing. So, yeah, I, I definitely hear you on that. Um, that's why I said the job course should be extended with a mentorship program. Maybe you can mm -hmm. get the job course of the world and see if you can offer that extension with the mentorship program. I could, or I could start my own. Never mind, you start your own. <laughs> you start your own. <laughs> I mean, you know, schools, you know, schools used to have all those things in them, all those skills in it. Financial literacy, you can, there was, I, I took a financial, uh, at my high school, they had a, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a class where we actually talked about finances within the class. They don't offer that anymore. And my, my high school was one of the top high schools in the nation. Still, they don't offer that anymore. They took all life skills classes out of school. So you don't have home economics. You don't have shop. You don't have any of that anymore. Art, you barely get art classes anymore. Music, gym, whole bunch of unhealthy kids sitting around in front of a screen no activity that's not good no it's not definitely isn't uh, good at all um mm. but it's almost time for us to end the show um i do have some last words uh you have some I last wanna, words one thing i want to tell everybody out there if you got uh, something that you want to do, something that you you've been thinking about doing, you know, don't don't let nothing stop you. Go out there and accomplish your goals and, and do exactly what it is that you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. Don't worry about the hate or whatever's going to come with it. Like I just said, just go out there and accomplish your goals and do what it is that you want to do, and, and make sure you have a good time doing. It. That's what I'm going to say. You got to have fun. 
kind of like you kind of like you were you were talking about uh this week you were talking about cam newton and how you've been watching him in camp yeah. and he is out there having a great time yeah. and because he's having while he's having fun he's becoming the cam of old out there just having a good time playing the game it's almost like that's all he's thinking about is enjoying the game and that's what you have to do enjoy it yeah well i was going to add to that i believe i might i might have said this last week a quote that i found speak what you seek until you see what you said you got it so you speak it speak what you see in here in your mind what you want to be keep saying it until you get that thing that you keep saying just keep on going if it's something that you want to do don't let anybody keep you from it keep your eye on the prize and work hard toward that goal i'm all about that and you know sometimes there's going to be setbacks right dennis there's going to be setbacks sometimes but you but you don't let it go even if you have to leave it for a minute and come back to it don't let it go for me um i just want to encourage everybody with that don't let it go uh, because over the past several years i know dennis you've heard me say this several times i've had some health issues some pretty serious ones over the past about six five or six years and it has caused me to put some breaks on doing some of the things that I was doing at the time when I first got sick and things on social media, things in the music industry, you know, in my PR work and my marketing and digital media work, I had to put it on hold. And hopefully I will be able to return to that soon as I continue to progress with medical treatment and so forth. I'm hoping to be able to do that. I want to encourage people, if you are faced with a challenge like that, to stay focused, don't give up on it. Don't look at it as something permanent. Even if it is a minor setback, just look at it as that. Don't think that means, okay, I need to give up on this dream now. Don't give up on your dreams. Hold on to your dreams. I want everybody out there to go to YouTube and I want you to search for Hold On To Your Dreams, Yolanda Rabun, R-A-B-U-N. Hold On To Your Dreams, Yolanda Rabun. And I want you to listen to her song. It will encourage you and inspire you. She's a great vocalist. And when she made that song, I remember going to the release, her release party for that song several years ago. I'm losing track of time, so I'm not really sure if it was four years ago or six years ago. And when she created, she created this song as a song of inspiration. And I just encourage everyone to take a listen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for coming out today. <laughs> uh, this is the Deacon Dan, <laughs> Deacon Dan, and Evangelist Mullen. 
That Josh Bailey is crazy. <laughs> Josh is something else. Well, we appreciate y'all. We certainly do. Thanks for coming to the side, Joan, y'all. Goodbye, bye, Joan. <laughs>